This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. A um, little bit interesting tonight because we're the first um, show that's not Chat with Chaps to, to go out in the new year following the 1-0 victory at Bristol City. Tonight I'm joined by two gentlemen that slandered, that threw our club captain and legend under the bus on a previous show, I think, before Ipswich. And you know, if they was up to if it was up to them, he'd have been thrown on a scrap heap and sent out on loan this uh, this transfer window. But um, firstly, Dan, any words to say to our club captain? I've just removed Stephen from the stage, the benefit of our viewers. Um, I do apologise to Sean Hutchinson. Um, he's he's just what a lad he is, isn't he? To be honest, um, cracking finish. So you forget yeah, I can I'm, do that. Yeah, I know. Well, you forgot I could do that as well, couldn't you? Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm a bit sorry for Hutch, too Hutch, I'll be honest. But and and Ben, after his stellar man of the match performance yesterday and cracking finish, have you got any words to say to our club captain? All right, first of all, happy new year to you too. Um, <laughs> no, no, I just want to point out before that, I have said he's been part of the best partnership in the championship with him and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so just to get him a little get out of jail free card in. Uh, always happy to be proved wrong, mate, is what I'll say. And he's, uh, he's come back from a number of injuries now and proved us all wrong probably time and time again. So fair play to the fella. Um, yeah, delighted for him. Is that all right? Um, that's absolutely fine. I just We're, we're going to have a, a pro Sean Hutchinson Sean tonight. And as Ben rightly did throw me under the bus, Happy New Year to all of our listeners and to you guys. I hope whatever you did on New Year's Day uh, or New Year's Eve and New Year's Day was... Um, the best way to start the year and obviously for the Lions it it really was as I say we start the year with a a 1-0 victory um I'm gonna say I'll come to you first Dan on this I'm gonna say probably deserved overall I would say deserved we really nullified the Bristol City attack but the way we actually played when we got on the ball was you can see there's definitely something developing under Edwards in terms of patterns of play. The possession was up from the games against QPR and Norwich as well. Um, uh, so I thought the, the kind of the blend between the stubbornness of the Rowett defence and maybe a little bit more of what Edwards wants to do. I think maybe when he came in, he did 
probably trying to reinvent the wheel just that little bit too quickly and maybe he's had to take a couple of steps backwards to be able to take them strides forwards um but i would say second half was a really really good performance and obviously topped off with with a goal which i do think was deserved and obviously um we'll dedicate this one as well to john berylson after what happened earlier in the season in the home fixture against bristol city absolutely and as, as um dan said there ben i think joe edwards um perhaps tried to take on a little bit too much too soon perhaps when he first come in you can understand why you can understand you know wanting to stamp a little bit of authority on the team and what what he wants do you think that perhaps whilst he's still trying to get us to play slightly different to to what we were under Gary Rowett he's realized that for the time being perhaps that we do need to have a little bit of stick to what we know um with a little bit of sprinkle of Joe Edwards style yeah, definitely. I think there, there has been an element of that. Just one thing to point out, though, we did lose to Leicester, Ipswich, Coventry, um, and a, 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 an undeserved winner by Cardiff. So there needs to be a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just there, there needs to be some realism in who we actually played. They're probably, obviously, Leicester and Ipswich are at the top of the table for a reason. Everyone knows my love and admiration for Coventry. So we've played three good sides there where we got beat. But yeah, absolutely. We, we have seen a change in going back to the Rowett style. Well, not even the Rowett style. The Millwall way have just been a bit more hard to beat. Some togetherness, which we've seen. I know we're going to come on to in a bit more detail later, but the togetherness seems to be back with the squad. The, t- the, the difficult to beat nature needs to it's come back in there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've been really impressed with the way that Edwards has seen that the players have seen that a couple of the players have mentioned it in their post-match interviews so yeah as a collective we've reacted really well to some heavy defeats and yeah we we we, we, we we've been brilliant the last five games really haven't we yeah and i think interestingly if you take the five games and, and obviously we'll come back to yesterday but if you take the five games it was a a last minute penalty against huddersfield uh, that stopped us to earning all three points that day. We were a 94th minute, probably a rusty Amaku um, on the end of that chance at Stoke, potentially from another three points. I, I think the performance that day was more grit and determination, but we could well have nicked it at the end. So it's it's been a it's been a fruitful spell. It's been um, as you say that the, the togetherness, the spirit of the squad, which we'll touch on a little bit later, but. Coming back to yesterday, I thought what was interesting from the point of view, Norwich had a lot of the ball and it was a dogged performance. I thought Bristol City had perhaps not as much of the ball. Obviously, they had more of the ball than us, but we certainly stopped them dead in their tracks pretty much on on the halfway line when it when it got passed into our own in our own half i don't think we we had much to worry about apart from one matty sarkic save which i thought was was a very very good save yeah it was an it was an excellent save just a touch on bristol city as well they won three of their last four going into the game so they, they were on good form if anyone watched the, the highlights like i did um they had, they had one highlight, which was that socket save. They didn't have another highlight and the extended highlights, the full highlights. They, they just didn't... They had bits of possession, but at no point did I ever feel like they were going to hurt us, to be honest. Um, and as I say, they had they had that one one chance and Sarkic made a great save. Little bit of a mention for him. He certainly seems to have turned a corner. Um, I was one of the 
doubters in, in his stature, I think, more as a keeper, his presence as a keeper. And I think, um, yeah, he's he's picked up four, made some important saves at important times, um, buying a bit of a head loss at Leicester. He, he certainly improved his form, which has been needed. But yeah, going back to the game, um, as I say, they, they had one chance. I, I, there wasn't any other moment in the game where, where I felt threatened by them. Um, and as I say, that they'd been in good form, won three of their last four. So a very, very professional and good away performance in the championship. And Absolutely. can I just quickly jump in as well to nullify a Liam Manning team like that? I've watched a lot of these teams play football when he's been at MK Dons and Oxford and the way they want to play is very much the way that every manager seems to want to set their teams up now to have 70% of the ball, to dominate possession, to pass the ball around you, to get into the attacking areas in them pockets of space. And we completely nullified any of that. And, you know, it wasn't even the fact that we just let them have the ball in their own half, because if you, even if you look at the possession stats, they're, they're, a lot closer than they have been in the games versus QPR and Norwich as well. Absolutely. And I think, interestingly, just to touch on both of those, we've played progressively, I would say, for you've got QPR, Norwich and Bristol City. We've probably played progressively better teams in a row. I think QPR, we all know, probably struggling. And and whilst that was a big result, you know, they, they, we, in a way, we probably needed to win that game. Um, more than more than the other two. Norwich, good side. Again, I thought we nullified them pretty much most of the night. And then Bristol City yesterday, again, we um, limited them to, to, to one chance. And um, before we come on to the goal, um, which I'm sure there's a lot of happy supporters when, when that hit the back of the net. But, you know, again, yesterday, it was another, it was the back four that was signed by Neil Harris. I know when sometimes out of position, out of possession, sorry, uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey drops back into uh, to a five and he, he obviously wasn't signed by Harris. But that four, again, um, have have stood up and have, have, have been counted again for a man. And whilst I think we all know that it's not going to last forever and Joe Edwards is probably thinking, you know, we'll, we'll get through to the end of the season with what we've got. It's nice to see those four lads um, earning clean sheets, isn't it? Dan? Yeah, massively, massively, obviously. Um, we've seen some legend shouts thrown about for Hutch and Cooper, both in Hutchinson, obviously, more recently. Cooper, when he signed the new contract. And Murray Wallace, as much as we like to give him criticism, he's obviously been a great servant for the club. And Leonard, most of us, well, we, I think most of the fans, when we did our live show off the back of Norwich, said that he would be in our, in their, I think everyone put him in their top three players. Most most people, he was in number one or number two for part of the season. Um, so obviously it's brilliant to see um, them, you know, we obviously want the best for our players, but I think that says a lot about um, the type of players Neil Harris signed and Rowett commented on it as well. Obviously, they're every single player at the club's a thorough professional player. They want the best for themselves and the team. Um, and Harris, when he was here, if, if he felt there was a bad character in the group, he weeded them out and would get them out of the club as quickly as he could. Um, so just got to obviously you want to maintain them standards you don't want any bad bad eggs in, in your group but you obviously want to be able to add a bit of quality where you can as well not not and only not only Rowett sorry Stephen I was going to say not only Rowett's mentioned that but Edwards has mentioned it multiple times now as well right so it just it does go to show the level of character that we have in that dressing room and the personnel the type of personnel that Harris wanted to build um, for the club so there needs to be a lot of credit to those players for I can't imagine there's many sides in the league that would have a back four, back five that have 
played as many games or over across a number of seasons like we've got. So huge amount of credit to them. Coops and and Muzza really. I think Muzza's had one layoff with injury really, which was, was it last year that he was out for a yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, again, apart from that, not really been injured. Obviously, we know with Leonard, he's been unlucky. Hutch again, but yeah, Muzza and Coops just ridiculous levels of fitness, durability. We we always talk about how tough the league is. Yeah, just just fantastic the level of service that they've given us really. And another point I wanted to, to to raise again on the 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 team and perhaps players that I think was signed under Harrison and left and come back was George Savile not not in the playing squad yesterday but travelled with the team on New Year's Day I'm sure as I, as I put in our chat earlier I'm sure his family and his um, partner were thrilled that he decided to make that journey up with the with the team but it just Hang goes on, to we're, show... we're, we're we're judging him he might have taken them for a nice New Year's Eve out in Bristol you, you just don't know. Yeah, if if he did, then I hold my hands up and apologise. But I can't imagine that that you, how do you how do you sell that realistically? How do you sell that on New Year's Eve? Um, but yeah, it, it just again the type of characters that that Harris brought in, and he, obviously he was brought back by Rowett, I believe. Those sort of players that, whilst we know that they won't last forever, it's important to have those characters within a Millwall squad. And we all know, as I say, we I know with Savile, and I'm sure other people do. He, he's in a good spell at the moment, but eventually that will that will run out, much like Hutchinson, Murray, Wallace. But they still have a part to play in bringing in in bringing in the youngsters. Um, let's go on to the goal. Ninety um, second minute corner comes in, I think, cleared by the Bristol City defenders, nodded back into Billy Mitchell. And if you'd have said. Uh, out of every player that was on the pitch yesterday, that one of them was going to swivel and hit a volley with their left foot, I would imagine that Sean Hutchinson was probably the last name that you would have thought of. Right, Dan? Yeah, it wouldn't have been near the top of the list. I don't also think, to be honest, I would have put Billy Mitchell near near the top of my list, to be completely honest, in terms of getting the assists. I think that's only what is. I saw someone say that might only have been his second ever assist for... Uh, for Millwall, so it's a it's a very unlikely duo to pop up to combine to, to score the goal, but I'm I'm all for it to be honest. If you know if Sarkic wants to get involved, by all means he, he can. I'm whoever whoever's scoring the goals. I mean I I was working yesterday, so I wasn't in Bristol, but um, yeah, I think everyone in my office now knows I'm certainly a Millwall fan. <laughs> and and Ben, obviously, um, you touched on there that you said that you obviously watched the highlights, but from a to try and be as not as unbiased as possible, even though we are a Millwall channel, for your centre half who's right footed centre half to ping that in the bottom corner, it's a it's a finish and a half, isn't it? Oh mate, it, I'm sure if Bradders or Nisbet had scored that, we'd all been going. Well, certainly a Nisbet's a fan club would have been going. What a, what a strike, unbelievable composure, finish, etc. So, yeah, for his centre half to be swivelling on his weaker side and to smash it in the bottom corner like he did is is some. Some finish, some strike. He'll be delighted. Did did hear on the highlights? I think it was his first goal since March twenty two. So I think he'll be. I think again he mentioned it in his post match interview. He's been a bit disappointed he hasn't got on the score sheet a bit more. Um, but yeah, unbelievable finish from him. Absolutely, and to to move on to the subject and the next subject here, the togetherness and the spirit in the squad. I think. When you score a 90-second minute goal, the fan, the, the, the reaction for the crowd is obviously that little bit more. You you feel like you, you've won the goal, you're going to win the game. Um, but the players, Amaku, Leonard, 
Um, Ryan Longman, another one, you know, a lone player, that their reaction to the goal in front of the supporters. I mean, Amaku was, was he looked like he was desperate to jump in with a crowd and, and join them. Yeah, he was, he, he, they've just completely, utterly bought into it. And, and, um, the the incident just after with Leonard at the other end, which by the way, he was absolutely shoved into that advertising board. He was he had every right to kind of stick up for himself. But we talked about before we come on the togetherness and the spirit in the squad. Um, there's been a lot of talk that perhaps we were a little bit soft under Gary Rower and perhaps when Edwards first come in. But I think you've seen over the last couple of games that these players, they're, they're, they're getting a rocket when they go out onto the pitch and they're standing up for each other and sticking up for each other very, very well, right? Uh, 100%. I think not even from the Bristol City game, the way the players reacted with the Ashley Barnes fiasco that was going on against Norwich. It wasn't just one person that was getting stuck in. It was multiple at a time. And... I've seen tweets and it's probably something we've kind of spoken about and we have lost that a little bit over the last few years. Um, that nastiness, if you like, that that real togetherness when someone is a bad tackle goes in or it does a bit of handbags, everyone's in there. And you, you saw that going back to the goal, there's been there's been shots of it from, from behind Hutch when it goes in. Nisbet sort of outside the box, you see his reaction. It was delight from everyone. You mentioned Longman. It, it, obviously, it's easy to do when it's a 90-second minute winner. But, yeah, there was a real togetherness, delight, relief, whatever about the squad. And it's something that I feel we have missed for a long time. And you know what? The, 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 the handbags at the end with Leonard, I was more pleased about that. We all got stuck into that. We weren't leaving Lenny on his own. That, that that's, what, that's what we're all about as a club, right? Um, so... Yeah, it's brilliant to see. It's great to see. I don't want to say we have our Millwall back, but we're on the road too. Absolutely. And I think, um, Dan, it's interesting. It's almost as if Ashley Barnes single-handedly has kind of sparked a reaction from from the squad. He, you know, his, his antics, whilst relatively unpunished um, during the game and obviously retrospectively, which was never going to happen anyway, brought the crowd into play, brought... George Savile, George Honeyman, Cooper, Leonard brought them into play. And that's seemingly carried on now that the players are thinking, right, you know what? We are in this together. We are playing for the manager. We are playing for, for the supporters that made the journey yesterday. And it's good to see, right? Well, I can only assume Barnes has is, is, um, got injured then um, because he, he must have lost his head at the Den because he weren't in the squad at all for Norwich in their game yesterday. So um, I don't wish him well in his recovery if he is injured, unfortunately <laughs> for him. Um, and also, I know we're trying to speak about the togetherness of some of the players, but oh, George Honeyman, what, what a boy he is. He absolutely loves it. He gets right up for it, doesn't he? Um, you could just see him riding up the Bristol City players, even when it was dying down. He wanted to go again. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant to see. We haven't had that for a while. There was a couple of times at the start of the season where something would um, kick off on the pitch and there'd be like four or five opposition players against one of ours. But that certainly doesn't appear to be the case anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to see. I'm going to kind of echo, well, not even echo, I'm just going to repeat what Ben said. We're, we're definitely on the road to something and we don't want to, again, almost do what Edwards did, kind of walk before we can crawl in some respects. I still think there's a little bit of a, of a way to go, um, but who knows? No, and I think it's right to not get carried away because 
it is it's it is work in progress and it is the the whole process um not get frame. carried away like like ben no. did after like no, ben did when edwards got appointed i was just saying that i'm new then i'm 100 percent getting carried away and well like you did when edwards got promoted and we was yeah. going to beat sheffield wednesday six nil and only won four nil you're disappointed yeah, every win from here on you will see on my twitter feed joe edwards champions league lines seeing as it's not the name of the show very disappointingly i have to get that in there. <laughs> it's it's one of those where I think given a fair crack at this league for Edwards and, and perhaps of the sprinkling of his own squad, I think it'd be very interesting just to see how far we could potentially go. I think this season might be, it might be a bit of a push, you know, you never know, you know, we're a second half of the season team and, and um, it could, it could well turn into something really, really special, but we're certainly on the way. And I think Edwards knows that as well. And, and coming on to Edwards to, to, for this part of the show, he seems to be a man that has now had the weight lifted off his shoulders. He's got a little bit more, um, I think, a little bit more of an understanding of what it takes to perhaps be the Millwall manager and what is expected both at the den and perhaps away from home. We don't expect miracles, but we expect the types of performances that we've been getting over the last couple of games that never say die attitude. And I think he's he's quickly learning on the job and, and full praise to him that whilst there's a way of winning games of football, you do have to have a little bit of backbone about you. And I think he's he's finally started to, to realise that. Ben? Well, I think it's a credit to the players as well, mate, because again, you listen to all the recent interviews that they've, they, they, they've done, Hutch recently, the honeymoon interview after the Norwich game, they've all spoken about that way of winning games like we are, but also saying the manager knows, the players know, we've got more in the locker in terms of what we're doing on the ball. So I don't want to say we're winning playing badly because that's not the case. We're doing well, but the players know and the manager know, as they've said, that there is more there for the players to tap into. We can be doing more on the ball. We, do, we can be better on the ball. So it's, it's only positive signs, right? We're winning... Not necessarily in a way that the manager perhaps wants us to play, or is his is 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 his philosophy. So yeah, look, it's it's only positive. And as you say, I think now there's been an understanding, or certainly a switch after the the heavy defeats that we had. That that Edwards just now knows, as you said, Stephen, that there is a way in which we need to play. The players have got it back as well. It seems they've got their their mojo back of being Millwall players. And 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 Dan, finally, just on on Joe Edwards, do you, do you think that perhaps now he come in and there wasn't really an expectation necessarily because it was his first job and it was a, a fresh idea, it was a the, the trust the process, if you will. Then it started to go a little bit wrong for him, and the pressure was ramped up, and and you know we were slipping down the table. Do you think that now we're kind of building our way back up again? That it's not necessarily a free hit but he's got an opportunity to really just go, well, we should be okay. Let's just have a crack at it. Well, we're a second half of the season team. We're eight points off the playoffs. So who, who knows? This league's bonkers. All it takes is a couple of wins. So you never, you never really know, do you? So um, let's just see what happens. But yeah, as you said, the pressure ended up getting ramped up on him probably a bit quicker than he anticipated, I think. Um but I think, obviously, you speak about him learning. I think that Norwich game, that atmosphere was a huge kind of learning curve for him and probably for a, a lot of the players as well. Sorry, my phone's going. Um, probably for a lot of the players as well um, in terms of 
a lot of them haven't seen that atmosphere at the den. Sorry, I'm just going to mute, but you get what I'm saying. What was really funny there was that he was massively put off by that. He's uh, 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 please stop. So um who has a home hey. in 2020? <laughs> My granddad <laughs> refuses to call anything else. <laughs> oh, we will be put off by um Dan's house at home. Um no, I, I think I think the Norwich game was was a real turning point. Um obviously QPR was I think QPR was relief more than anything for, think- for Edwards. QPR and Norwich both gave out the same message in very different ways. Hmm. If if that kind of makes any sense whatsoever. I mean, in my head it does, but I just can't really think of the words to kind of describe it just because they were two different games and obviously we won them both, but they were taught us the same lesson in how to win games and what to do in two very different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also t- kind of gives... Um, Edwards the belief that and I think we see it and there's been a lot of talk about it when we're in possession of the ball we play a certain way the the shape of the team is one way when we lose the ball we sit back into a different shape it's not the rigid I hate to keep bringing it up but Gary Rowett it was we're going to play this formation and that's it there's no there's no change there's no flexibility this is it this is what we're going to do whereas under Edwards as I say with and without the ball we have two different we have two different setups and at the moment over the last as I say we've conceded what one goal in five games which is a penalty so you can't really you know it's not we've not been cut open as such yeah okay Stoke had a few chances but out of the ball teams are finding it really really hard to break us down because Edwards has got us playing in a certain way that that dictates that the opposition have got to be really, really good to cut through us. Yeah, and I think you, you see every team having that way of playing now, that in, in possession formation, out possession formation. But yeah, the the again like what you saying, Stephen, I don't like to keep going back to that that Rowett or talking about Rowett and what we did with Rowett, but yeah, we seem to have gone back into certainly being out of possession. We've got that, again, that nice mix of being organised but pressing at the right times and knowing when to press. And I think, again, that's where it was one of the criticisms that we had with Rowett. It seemed like when he was first with us, we started like that and it's just slowly diminished into just sitting in and letting the te- letting teams have the ball. But we do have a nice mix at the minute of knowing when to press. The trigger of the press seems to be right. Um, and, yeah, going forward... Again, we just seem to have we, we all understand what we're trying to do, you know, how we're going to create goals, you know, what our game plan is. And again, we lacked a little bit of that, or we lost our way a little bit with that, certainly at the back end of Rowett. So I know I just I didn't want to talk about him, and I've just spoken about him quite in detail there. Um, but yeah, you get my point again. We, we, we just seem to everything seems to be refreshed at the minute, and we seem to defensively and going forward have much more stability defensively and have a much clearer idea. and and style of playing going forward. We seem to be riding a wave at the moment. It's just a case of obviously how long can we can we make said wave last? Obviously. Well, just yeah. on that, man, you look at our next three games. Sorry to jump in, mate. I, well, yeah, yeah. Take out Leicester, it's the FA Cup, but Borough, they're doing well, but it's a home game. They're, so. they're very hit and miss, Borough, though, aren't they? And they've yeah. got a they've got a really bad injury list at the minute as well. QPR struggling, Preston struggling, Hull, I watched them the other night against Sheffield Wednesday. I know it's a local derby or a Yorkshire derby, but that Sheffield Wednesday obviously beat them. I know they're down to 10 men. So you don't that, that was a bad refereeing decision, that one, though, weren't it? it? It was, but even before that, Sheffield Wednesday are in the game. So we've got four league games, really, that are winnable. Um, and it's not often 
I, we all probably go into games thinking they are winnable. So yeah, whilst we're on that that wave, I think. I, don't, I mean, even if you don't, even if you win three of them, as you've just seen from where we were before Christmas and where we are now, if, if we was to do that again, you you could easily find yourself maybe not in the top six, but you could find yourself knocking on the door of the top six. And I, don't, and I don't want to get carried away. If we win three out of those four games, we will 100% be knocking on the door. Because if you if you put a run together, like one that we have already, and two, sustain that into a 10-game run, you, you're going to be flying up the championship table because it's so tight. So if we win three oh. of those we will be knocking on the door, if not in the playoff picture. I'll make I'll make an off the cuff prediction of seven points from them four games. I mean, it's hard to look past get, at the moment, as I say. You know, riding the wave, actually picking up that amount of points, or maybe a little bit more. The other interesting thing on that, and we'll come on to the transfer window a little in a little bit, um, bit more detail. Um, if you win against Middlesbrough, maybe the game after, which I think is. I think that's QPR after, isn't it? If you do manage to pick up four points, six points in those games, and you've still got a few days left in the transfer window, all of a sudden you become a lot more of a hotter prospect for clubs to go, hold on a minute, we will send XYZ on loan to Millwall because they're they're pushing. So it's not just the results and pushing yourself up the table. It could also impact who we may see come through the door um, and, and also leave the club. And on the subject of, I'm not necessarily suggesting that anyone's going to leave, or I don't know anything, but the situation that I feel is a, a very big talking point is Romain Essay and Ademo Amaku. Because when Joe Edwards took over, I think most of us probably thought that they'd get some game time, but it would be Romain Essay that would be the, the kind of star boy, the, the time to shine. But Amaku's bided his time. He's he's uh, waited for his opportunity. And in the last couple of games, uh, the last three especially, he's been outstanding for me. Raw and he's. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's got a lot to learn still, but that pace and that that um, that desire that it seems, he's, he's the one that's taken his opportunity. And it's almost not, people are not forgetting about Romain Essay, but all the talk now is all about Amaku, right? Well, you can now uh, confirm to the listeners that you messaged Mickey at the same time to tweet, complete this sentence, the breakthrough Star at Mill 2024 will be fill in the blank. So you can now confirm to the listeners that you uh, you plan to say that all the time and message Mickey when you was about to say it so he could tweet it out. We are telepathic, apparently, because I know okay. nothing about that tweet. <laughs> I'm not um, admitting anything. However, that is a very, very, um, that's a very interesting point because for all the money in the world, you'd have banked on essay, but Amaku's the one that's taken his opportunity. And I thought, um, 
not just taking this opportunity. That boy is absolutely buying into this football club. There's videos of him at the end chanting, singing the singing Millwall songs, not just not just any old song or rocking over the world. He's singing the Millwall songs and he's just absolutely loving life. He, he must have felt like, you know, coming over to England, it's this big opportunity to to shine in, in English football. And at the moment, he's taken that with, with both hands. I, he's signed I, a new contract as well, hasn't he? Go on, Ben. Go on. No, sorry, Dan, you go finish. Okay. Um, well, I'll keep it short. So, obviously, he signed a new contract. So, it shows there was obviously been rumours of some bigger clubs coming in, watching him on the mm. Iron, uh, watching him for the Irish playing international football. So, clearly, he's still seen as a top prospect. We managed to nail him down, presumably, for a few more years. That's obviously what the contract's done for us. Um, but I think one thing that maybe appeals to Joe Edwards with regards to Amaku over SA is the fact that Amaku has had men's football experience already. He's playing pretty regularly for the Ireland under-21s. I think he is he a year or two old in SA as well. So maybe in terms, of, in terms of physicality as well, he's probably a bit further down the line. So I can see maybe why he's appealing a bit more to um, Edwards at this point in time than SA. I'm not writing SA off by any means, but I can see why that um, they're probably leaning towards giving Amaku more game time at, at this point. Well, Dan's stolen everything what I was going to say. I think, yeah, that, that two-year difference is, is, is huge. You can see Amaku's physically, I'd say, in a better place to be able to deal with the championship than, than, than SA is. Um, I know there's always that comment of if, if they're old enough, if they're good enough, they're old enough. I, I get that. But Amaku is just completely different physically to, to SA and he is far more equipped. I also think it does take a player... Just not struggle. He only went through probably three or four games of not having his best in a Mill shirt, but I, he probably very quickly realised what he needed to do on and off the ball just to remain in the side. So um, we've seen glimpses. We saw him at Preston. He was excellent. And we, I think we've seen a more consistent Amaku now. I think what we're going to have to just realise is he is still only 20. And I think the way that Edwards has managed him over the, last, over the Christmas period, certainly of bringing him in and out where people have mentioned about him not starting, etc., has been brilliant. And and again, we've mentioned this a few times, Joe Edwards has pretty much been an exclusive coach in youth team football. He will know what is required from a physical standpoint to compete in the championship. Um, so yeah, he's managed him brilliantly. SA is a difficult one for me. I, I think Saturday is quite an important game for him. I think if he doesn't start Saturday or at least get 45 minutes, I think we might see or get a picture of where he is in Edwards's plans or immediate plans. And if he's not in the starting lineup, then yeah, I don't see why a lone move wouldn't benefit everyone, to be honest. I think Saturday, are you, you, kind of stole what I was going to say there. So you, you've done what Dan did to you. I think SA... We're all at that Millwall podcast. SA is... It's a curious situation for, for everybody because there's talk of being sold. There's talk, is he going to stay? What's the plan? Is he being managed? You know, what's Edward's thoughts? If he doesn't get game time on Saturday, then it wouldn't surprise me to see him out the door in the January transfer window. Not sold. I'm not I think he I personally think he will be loaned out this month and given an opportunity to be playing men's football. Perhaps um 
you know, if a big bid does come in from a Liverpool or an Arsenal or something like that, then then the money might be too good to turn down. But I don't think the club are going to want to let an asset go like that. And they're going to want to kind of get him bulked up a little bit. But certainly Saturday will be a good, um, you'll have a good understanding on, on where we lie um, with him. Moving on to the transfer window, obviously we're now in January. Uh, this window is notorious, notorious to do lots of business um, for most clubs. Even the, the so-called bigger clubs struggle to bring in lots of players uh, during this time. There's been no real rumours. This is the, the young lad from Spurs, perhaps, um, that we're sort of sniffing around. Um, ben, thoughts on the transfer window? Yeah, well, yeah he, he's good on Football Manager, isn't he? He is, mate. He's a football manager legend. Um, yeah, I, I think, look, we always talk about positions that we need to strengthen in. I think it's probably easier for us to maybe look at where we can categorically rule out that we're a position that we're going to look at. So for you fellas, where where would you say we don't need to sign anyone? And I, I'll start and say central midfield is pretty much covered, right? Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty stacked in central midfield. So, yeah, where, where do you think we won't sign anyone? I'll chuck goalkeeper into the mix because obviously Sarkic just came in four clean sheets in a row and obviously Bart's proved himself to be when there's he had his run of game Bart, right there's a lot of rumours that he I might don't, be... I, I think he'd stay till the end of, until the end of the season I don't, think, Bart, I don't think Bart's going I yeah it would back. if we lose Bart there's rumours that Portsmouth are sniffing around I don't I don't know their situation with their goalkeeper at the moment they've got, there's they've rumors. got a pretty good first choice goalkeeper mm. again unless they're shipping off their second choice keeper and they want to bring Barton as a second choice but yeah I'm, I'm not sure I haven't seen too much so there's a rumour that was going around that's that's what was going to happen but I'm, I'm not too sure another position I'm going to throw into the mix which it sounds really baffling considering that there's all the talk about it I don't think we're going to be looking for a centre-half whatsoever I uh, think I I was half tempted to say centre-half for a couple of reasons I'll let you go on to it but I, I do see your logic I think Edwards has um, found a way to make it work over the last few weeks with with the with the defenders that we've got. Obviously, Harding is injured, um, and we he's expected to be back relatively soon. But with Leonard potentially being able to move over and shift over to the to the centre back position, um, rather than being sort of um, you know. Yeah, oh, he's a, he plays sort of on the right-hand side of the fence, doesn't he? And then, But then when we drop to a five, he's a third centre-half. So I think there's options. I think we, we'd be OK in defence. And I think Edwards would rather use what we assume to be limited funds available loan, in January. Or loan or, yeah, or loan slots. And if you have to pay fees, because that tends to happen now, doesn't it, with loan signings from yeah. the bigger clubs, I think he would be more interested in perhaps the attacking positions um to strengthen rather than areas where he probably feels we can get by so i would agree the central center of midfield i think would be we're pretty stacked especially with honeyman now being an option in there um it gives another number center half and goalkeeper unless bart is um unless bart is required and elsewhere i i'm gonna chuck in another one and i'm, I'm gonna say right back because You've got Ryan Leonard, who's obviously mainly playing there at the moment. You've got Brooke Norton Cuffey. You've got Danny McNamara, who hasn't had much game time, but on his on his day, obviously he's a very good player at this level. But even some, he's a solid defender 
I think. I don't think he's probably a, a wing back. I think we've had this discussion mm. quite a bit, but he's a, I think he's a solid defender at this level, if if nothing more than that. But that that's three pretty good options there. Um, I, I think Billy Mitchell's played there in the past. I'm not saying I'd want to see him play there, but it, if you're desperately short, that's another pair of legs that, that could play there. Mm. So, and Honeyman's played wing back as well a little bit for us. So I think they're, you'll be well covered in, in that right back position. So I, I don't think that's going to be another position we look at. Well, this was the reason why I went with where we won't strengthen because we've gone through a large part of the side there, right? So where will we strengthen them? We said that the attacking area. So will we get another centre forward in? If so, I mean, Nisbet isn't starting at the minute. So Bradders is the, the, the first choice centre forward, obviously. Um, so Nisbet's going to then not be knocked down the pecking order. Is he going to be happy if we bring a centre forward in? We then talk about the forward players in that formation that we're now playing. You have Watmore or Fleming in there in that that two ten role. You're not going to. Are you going to get something in there to replace Fleming or or Watmore? So it's an interesting one. Now that that was the reason why I went through where we won't strengthen first because three or four weeks ago we would have gone left back centre half. But, and we probably would have reeled them off. But now forms change. Does it, does it change our targets at all, do we think? I think it changes the targets slightly. I, I do still think that Edwards is probably... We're lacking. We're still lacking pace. We're lacking because, wingers. Yeah, and Maku is obviously rapid and Norton Cuffey is very quick uh, as well. But when, for example, yesterday you're lining up and if a Maku isn't going to play every game, Edwards made the comment, didn't he, that he's not started three games of football in, in English football um, at all. So it, it was a risk that he wasn't willing to take. So if they are managing a Maku, which is the right way to go, I think, initially, your only outlet with any real pace is Norton Cuffey. And, and I feel like as, as good as he's been and he's been absolutely outstanding, you can't just rely on him to be that that outlet. So I do think pace in attacking areas would be a, a certain um, would be a certain way to to perhaps um, boost the boost the squad. It also is dependent on, as I say, outgoings. I, I'm not expecting us to lose too many players, if many, in the transfer window. But if SA is going to go out on loan, you would then have to bring in another attacking player to give us that cover on the bench. For me, um, so because... we are saying in that the role that what more Fleming and Maka are sort of playing in that that ten. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. The striker one is really, really interesting because Bradshaw at the moment is is absolutely giving us everything um, and added a couple of goals. Nisbet, I do think, would score goals if, if given the opportunity. If we bring in another striker, where do you see... <laughs> What's that? Uh, Ben's playing with the techno for the viewers, oh, for the benefit of the podcast. Ben's you know, putting you know up thumbs up. No, 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 I wasn't. Do you know what that is? That's um, I get it when I when I'm on Teams. If your emotions, if you're smiling, it gives you feedback to a thumbs up, or if you're like moody, it'll do a thumbs down. So it's telling you you're happy, mate. That is what that is. Um, I I was happy talking about Kevin Nisbet, not Tom Bradshaw. Oh, that's that's exactly. what it was. That's what, but yeah, I, I I do agree with what you said though. To to be fair, that if you bring in another striker and we're only really playing with a one striker formation, with you know your attacking players are, are in the the kind of uh, number the two number tens or three number tens, however you want to however you want to position it. it, it'd be interesting. But I think Edwards knows what he wants. 
whether he gets it or not is another issue. But I don't think the squad will drastically change, but I certainly think he'll be looking for options moving forward um, that he can bring off the bench because we are kind of samey in the sense that if a Maku starts, you know he's coming off and you know it's Watmore or vice versa. You might get Longman on for a little while, maybe something a little bit different, maybe a bigger presence or someone who's absolutely lightning like a Maku. So you've got more options like that. But the window's only just open. We do our business on the last couple of days when every other club's done their business and we just sign the rejects but that, from but the, but That's else. the problem. We've got, we because of our budget, because of who we are, we have to wait for clubs higher up the food chain to do their business and then it eventually filters its way down to us. That's how it's always worked with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm also yeah. conscious... Um, sorry, Steve, one thing to touch on there as well is the honeymoon debate and going back into midfield. We all, we've spoken about it a few times. We kind of said it about Harding to some extent. We kind of stumbled upon him because of injuries. Have we stumbled upon Honeyman playing his best position because of injuries and suspensions? Because I don't think there's any coincidence that since he's played in that central role that we've all probably been crying out for, I mean, saying he's not a winger, that we've performed better. I'm not saying Honeyman's our main yeah. map by any stretch, but have we stumbled upon that because Denor's been injured and say Sav's been suspended. Yeah, I, I said that. I said that on the live after the Norwich game. I think that he looked brilliant and against QPR, looked brilliant against um, Norwich. Norwich, and I haven't watched the full Bristol City game, but looked good against Bristol City from from what I've seen as well. So I certainly think that the centre is his best position. And as I said on Sunday, it might it might give him a little bit of a headache in terms of what what does he do? Um, does he? You know, does Honeyman stay in when Casper's fit? Does Savile come out of the team? Does Casper have to earn his way back in? Does Honeyman come out? So it's a dilemma for Edwards, but it's a nice dilemma to have. You'd rather have that dilemma than thinking, like, fucking hell, I've got to, I've got to pick between two shit players, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. He goes to put on his points in post-matches where he said, we haven't got that many good players in good form. Now we do. So it's interesting to see how we manage that. And yeah. Just to touch upon Mitchell, again, we spoke about if we get a centre-forward in, if Honeyman is going to drop back into that centre-midfield role, Mitchell then drops down drops down that food chain. He's probably outside of Campbell. We can put a line for him. It, 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 he's bottom of the pile. Is Mitchell going to want to not play a huge amount of football? I know we've got a lot of games left in the season, so there's a lot of football to be played. It's but... it, 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 just a quick dilemma, and we are going to move on in a second because we're recording this on Tuesday. The dart starts in about five, ten minutes. And um, for those of you who are unaware, our very own Mickey Simpson, he's a very talented man. Um, he's acted as Santa Claus, obviously, fan on the board. He was in the running to become the Millwall manager. He's actually in the World uh, PDC championship of darts he's in the semi-final tonight so we we all want to go off and watch him you, uh, you have absolutely yeah. robbed my next bit that was going to lead I on knew you were waiting to say that that's all i've just got it in before you so thank you very much <laughs> um but just a quick one before we do move on very um to speak about the leicester game very quickly if we kept alan campbell but it meant billy mitchell could go out on loan to league one for six months to try and develop a bit more as a player, get his confidence back up and he comes back to us in the summer or he sit, ends up sitting on our bench as our fourth or fifth choice midfielder for the rest of the season, what option are you picking? Send him out on loan. He's still a young lad, isn't he? So, you, just, so, you, so you would keep Campbell? Obviously, I think there is pros and cons of both, obviously. And obviously, keeping Campbell means I don't know how much of his wages we're paying. I assume we're paying probably at least half of them and takes up a loan slot. 
I wouldn't keep Alan Campbell to sacrifice having Billy Mitchell around the squad and and in around the team, to be honest. But if if Campbell stays, then obviously that's that's the decision. If Campbell stays, and I think Mitchell should go out on loan, but I wouldn't prioritise Alan Campbell over Billy Mitchell. I wouldn't prioritise a loan player over one of your own personally. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't prioritise him, but. If Honeyman's going to be the next one in line now to play centre mid, which again we've all said he should be playing central, I would rather Honeyman in there. He seems to affect games more than Billy. Well, I recency bias is probably a big thing in that. But if Billy's going to be fifth choice, sixth choice, I'd rather him be out on loan. Is just my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting with Honeyman, though, because and this is perhaps a debate for another uh, another time. But do you think that Honeyman's looking better in the team because he's the one that, that they're, they're looking for to try and make us tick to play the forward passes? But Casper is going is going to take is the same type of player. I'm not I'm not saying they're similar in ability, but Casper's the one that tries to make us tick that plays the forward passes. Honeyman is is adopting that role because um obviously Casper's been out injured. Billy Mitchell, is he the one that makes us tick that makes us go forward, or is he the more of the holding midfielder? So is it would he be competing with George Savile? And we know that Sav has his um you know a yellow card and him he's obviously suspended. So I, I don't know if it's a direct comparison between the two because I think they're two different midfielders. And personally I, I think Honeyman is filling a void and I don't think Edwards really will stick with him moving forwards as well as he's played. And I take my hands off to him. He's been very, very good. I think we're waiting for Casper to come back and you'll see Honeyman drop out of the team personally. Yeah, I'd, I'd be disappointed with that. Not necessarily, again, not necessarily comparing Casper to Honeyman, but again, I've said it a million times. Last year, I felt like we really missed Honeyman on that run-in. I think we've stumbled upon Honeyman playing in his best position or best area of the pitch in terms of central. And I just... I like him. He's got energy. He's got quality. He played there for Hull, I think, m- most of his career. Certainly played central for Sunderland. So I would like to see him more in that position. I don't think there's any coincidence that since he's been in there, we've been better. As as Dan said, it's a good dilemma um, yeah. to have. It's better to be having discussions around what players you'd leave out rather than, um, you know, yeah, who who you bring in because you're struggling. So it's certainly um, a better headache for Joe Edwards than than what he maybe was faced with about sort of five, six, seven games ago, which leads us nicely um, to the end of the show and to to, to touch on um, the Leicester game at the weekend. FA Cup tie, not the most of glamorous, probably not going to be the biggest of crowds. Leicester are not bringing coaches because no one will will um, will offer to take their fans to the den on a coach, which is absolutely ridiculous. But hey ho, um, wholesale changes, three or four changes. What are we expecting, Dan? More wholesale. So Edward saying saying today we've been 100% flat out recently um, for the last three or four games. So I think you've probably got a lot of. I think we've all mentioned as well on paper the depth in our squad's really good. So I think you will probably see. Potentially, I don't know how many change we're allowed. Maybe the full complement of substitutes we had at Bristol City might come into the starting eleven for the Leicester game, very possibly. Um, maybe there might be a couple of exceptions, like maybe 
keep Joe Bryan on the bench in case Murray Wallace gets injured just to protect Bryan a little bit. But I think there's probably, I think you're going to be looking at six, seven changes. Ben, agree? Yeah, 100%. I don't think the FA Cup's the same as the League Cup. I think that that rule's only in the League Cup in terms of how many changes you can make, I think. Okay. So but, I, I would expect probably something like seven, eight then. Yeah, so yeah, I'm saying I think, yeah, we're going to make as many as we can just based on the, con- the fixture congestion, what Edwards has said. And I think it's just a good opportunity to see players who probably haven't had that many minutes. be interesting if Brian does play, whether they'll use him to get more minutes under his belt or whether they'll protect him a little bit more. Well, well we see Adam Malachi. Um, so, yeah, I-, I would expect as many changes as we can make will be made. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it's interesting because we don't know. I don't know about Ryan Longman if he's cup tied. So that'd be one that may that, that he, we're not he sure. Will not, be, he will not be cup tied. If he's still here, he won't be cup tied. He won't not, play not, for anyone sorry, else. Not not cup tied, but Hull might not allow him to play in the FA Cup. And there's no reason for them not to. The but only reason they wouldn't do I that possibly think of is because in case they were thinking about recalling him. But I don't see. It. I don't see why they'd no. want to recall him. To be completely honest, so I can't see that being a problem. No, I mean that could be a potential issue. I don't know. I'm sure we'll we'll know later on in the week. I would. I'm expecting at least four or five changes again, dependent on who's available, who's fit in midfield. There's not really many changes that we can make um, with Savile out and Casper out. Um, so we might see Mitchell and Honeyman get another go um, together. But it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll do a quick prediction. I know we've got the live on Friday, but um, are we expecting? A, I don't want to say a shock, but are we expecting us to to turn over Leicester on Saturday? I'd ben? imagine they'll be similar, won't they? They'll make a few changes, so it could just be a bit of a nothing cup tie. And who wants it more on the day might be victorious. I do see a little bit of a, an opportunity for us to keep the momentum going. I wouldn't want to have a heavy defeat or anything like that, but. Um, yeah, it's always a bit of a tough one when you play a team in the same league as you. It's a, in the FA Cup. I always feel like unless you're playing someone you know you're going to beat, someone struggling in your league, I, I'm not too fussed about it. I'd love to have a cup run. Uh, Do we still have replays or not? By the way, did they scrap them or? Mate, so many changes now. I've no idea. I, I have no, I, I have no clue whether there's replays or not. To be completely honest, I mean, I yeah, think. I was about to say the the worst case scenario is, is that is we end up with a replay and going up there and all our momentum gets injured or getting tired. Start for a corner in the 90th minute just so they can score on the break. Oh, exactly. just or just smash it in your own net. Just just just, yeah. just absolutely lump it in the back of the net, and I'll take that. We'll take yeah. the fine and investigation and whatever. But um, I, I, I look, it's a cup tie. There's going to be loads of changes. I think it's really hard to call. We'll always say we'll go through. I hope we do. Um, like you said, Ben, I'd like a cup run, but. I'm not so sure um, Saturday is the priority really for Edwards and the club really as much as we'd love the cup run. I think they, they've got bigger fish to fry and the transfer window to, to keep an eye on. Um, as Dan touched on earlier, we are recording this on the Tuesday night. The, the boys are desperate to to watch Mickey um, at Ali Pali this evening on the telly. Uh, we're going to get it in the neck for that. Um, boys, you- any fun? <laughs> any any final words uh dan i'll come to you first uh firstly best of luck mickey we'll be rooting for you tonight (laughs) um and you know let's let's keep let's keep up this form it hasn't been often really how often did we get to say in 2023 like we've got 
a good bit of momentum. Maybe the last time we said it was near enough a year ago. I think in, what was it, in kind of January, February, we had a little bit of a run then, didn't we? So let's keep this run going. It's actually been quite enjoyable to go to games um, for the last few weeks. So I, I want to keep that up. Let, let's see what we can do. And we Obviously, I don't think nobody really needs their mind jogging about what happened the last time we played Leicester in the FA Cup. So who knows what could happen again? Absolutely. So instead of Sean Cummins, it'll be Danny McNamara nipping up with a goal in the last in the last minute. Ben, any any final words from you? Uh, just nice to come on and be positive. Talk about nice things in terms of winning and um, positive. Yeah, conversations really. Players You're making are... it out like we've just talked about flowers for the last fifty three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well. Mate, some of the, some of the uh, chats in recent weeks have been tough, haven't they? So, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a bit of positivity back. Um, I think Joe mentioned it in our group and tweeted. Um, it seems like we're looking up now rather than over our shoulders. So, long way that continue. Um, a little bit of a plug for myself. I'm running the 50 miles over Jan um, for the Royal British Legion. If anyone hasn't seen that, please give us a donation. Stephen, thank you very much for doing that, mate. Young Daniel, get in your wallet, please. Um, yeah, yeah, nice to come on and have a positive conversation about the Lions. I will, and also while you mentioned Joe Zampa, um, we know he's, he's on the road to recovery now. For his up, we wish him well from us three. You both literally robbed my end piece. I thought Ben was going to forget, and I didn't know if you were going to mention Joe, but um, yeah, Ben is is running 50 miles for the Royal, um, is it Royal British Legion, isn't it? Uh, in January, have you done any of your miles yet? I have I've done today and yesterday done two miles a piece. I nearly died yesterday. Um, today was a lot easier for anyone that knows me or doesn't know me. Um, I haven't done a stroke for about six months, probably longer. Um, all I've done is eat and drink. So um, yeah, it's been, been tough on the legs. I definitely need. If there's any physios out there, um, I definitely need a rub down. Preferably if they're female. Well, well. actually, I will tell you what, Ben, because you're a uh... You're coming down actually for um, the game on Saturday, aren't you? Our northern correspondents coming coming down south, so good chance to get some miles in there. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't wait. So yeah, no, it's um, I'm, I'm, I've made a little plan. If I can do X amount of miles per day rather than doing it in chunks, then I'll, I'll get there. But um, yeah, it was easier today. I'm hoping tomorrow will be easier again. So yeah, fingers crossed. Absolutely. And um, we will put a link in the description to Ben's uh, donation page where you can um, donate to him. Obviously, any uh, donations will be greatly received. I myself, I'm doing a 24 hour gaming marathon. Um, that's in February. So there's a little bit of time left for that. But again, that's for Mind Charity. Um, that will be in the description as well. Um, we're really sorry. We are going to be plugging both of these as much as we can over our social media and on the show. So you're going to get sick of it. But that's, hey, we're doing our bit for charity. Um, Ben's actually getting out and being active. And I'm sitting in front of my TV fan on PlayStation for 24 hours. So I think I'm the real winner out of the two events. Um, that's been that Millwall podcast. Um, thank you to all the listeners, obviously, that helped us grow last year in 2023. This year, hopefully, uh, we'll be doing... Oh, and Stephen has, has left the building early. Um, ben, are you telepathic enough to fill in the blank of what Stephen was going to finish on? No, I'm not, actually, because um, my ring doorbell's just gone off and that's distracted me. Neither um, am I. So I think, to be honest, on that note, we'll, we'll just wrap it up there. Uh, thank you much, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And uh, if I'm there, see you on Friday night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.